Welcome to the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. In part one of this two-part webinar, moderator Kathy Christensen of AmSpa is joined by industry experts, Beto Casales of Synchrony, Paul Edwards of Cedar HR Solutions, Kaylee Lindholm of KLC Consulting, Lauren Olson, PAC of Radiance Medical Aesthetics and Wellness, Alex Tiersch of AmSpa, and Kristen Trujillo of Maven Financial Partners. Hi everyone. Uh, before we get started with today's webinar, is your medical spa ready for a possible recession? We have a few house rules. All attendees will be on mute and cameras will be turned off for the entire webinar. If you have any questions, please type them in the Q&A box at the bottom of the screen and we'll get to them at the um, during the presentation, during breaks within the presentation. Um, please don't enter questions into the chat. Go ahead and use the Q&A box. Uh, we may not see the chat questions. Um, please send each question all at once, not separated into multiple messages. That's, that gets a little confusing. This will make it easier for us to read the question in its entirety and ensure that you will receive the best answer possible. We will have a recording available of today's webinar. We'll send it to all registered attendees and that recording will be available for access. It will also be on the AmericanMedSpa.com website and we will be also creating a podcast from this content. So with that, I'm very excited to announce our speakers for today. We have Beto Casales from Care Credit, Kaylee Lindholm from KLC Consulting, Alex Tiersch from AmSpa, uh, Lauren Olson, PAC, um, who is a med spa owner, and she'll tell you more about her med spa, and then Paul Edwards from Cedar uh, Cedar Consulting. So please um, welcome our esteemed panel. Um, I'd love for you guys also to uh, kind of introduce yourselves, what you do. Um, the goal of this panel is to have all sorts of um, different representations and perspectives on getting your medical spa recession ready. Um, I am your moderator today. I'm Kathy Christensen. I'm the COO of AmSpa, and I'm very happy to be here. So why don't we go ahead and get started with introductions. Um, we'll start with Kristen Trujillo. Uh, she is uh, with Maven Financial. Kristen, Kristen, can you tell us a little bit more about you and, and what you do in the medical spa industry? Yeah, thank you so much, Kathy. So we are a fractional CFO firm for medical spas and aesthetic practices all across the country. We help create a financial roadmap for practices that are either starting out, they're looking to scale, they're looking to grow, really giving them insight into different performance metrics as far as how their providers are performing how their practices faring versus other practices. Are they as profitable as they want to be? So I'm definitely really excited to talk about what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing and all of the good insights that I can share with you all today. All right, excellent. Uh, Beto Casales, can you tell us a little bit more about you and, and um, who you're with and, and why you're on the panel today? Sure, Kathy. Hey, thanks for the opportunity to be with, with all of you uh, this early evening, uh, late afternoon in the West Coast. I'm Beto Casillas. I lead the health and wellness platform for Synchrony. Uh, we're one of the premier financing companies in the United States. 
you probably know us best as um, as leading the Care Credit Network, where we help uh, around 266,000 healthcare providers uh, do patient financing for their patients in terms of getting the care that they need when they need it by offering flexibility of payments and, and ability to be able to pay for out-of-pocket expense or elective type of procedures that they may need to care for. We're, we're obviously connected with, with AMSPA and, and being able to do that for many years now. And it's my pleasure to uh, be able to join us on, on this panel. And uh, thank you for the opportunity to be here. Wonderful, thank you for joining us. Um, Alex Tiersch needs no introduction, but let's go ahead and do it anyway. Alex? <laughs> uh, I'm Alex, founder and CEO of AMSPA. Hopefully um, many of you know about AMSPA. We are currently hovering around 4,000 members nationwide of uh, medical spas and medical spa professionals. Been around for about 10 years. Kathy, I want to review a little bit. You said AmericanMedSpa.com. It's actually AmericanMedSpa.org. Um, oh, golly. It's rookie mistake for mine. We're going to let this one slide. Um, <laughs> but no, it's great to be. It's kind of weird being a panelist. Normally, I'm in the the director's chair, but Kathy, and I'm I'm a little concerned because I'm pretty sure this will be the last time because she's just going to take over and, and and dominate. So I'm here. I've got a very interesting perspective. Um, more from again, I don't obviously I don't own a med spa. Um, I do. You know, we have a our we are a small business as well, and we get a lot of insight and perspectives from med spas, from plastic surgeons, from folks that are out there that are telling us what's going on. So I think that's where I think I'll be valuable to this. But it's great to be here. Excellent. Happy to have you, Alex Tiersch. Um, Lauren, um, why don't you introduce yourself, please? Hi, I'm Lauren Olson. I'm honored to be here. Thank you for the invitation. I am a physician assistant. I graduated from Baylor College of Medicine when there were only 1,200 PAs in the whole country. So I was kind of a pioneer in that area. I opened my medical spa in 2006. And again, kind of a pioneer in the industry. Back then, there were not a lot of medical spas. Um, we did live through the recession of 2008, and we were a young business, and this was before the day of social media. And, uh, you know, we, we survived that. We survived Harvey. We survived a lot of a uh, lot of struggles and obstacles. Um, but two years ago, we outgrew our original space and did a new build out. We're now in 6750 square feet. I have 24 employees and we continue to grow. Very nice. happy to be here. Thank you, Lauren. And I know we're not quite ready yet for, for questions, but absolutely keep them coming. I know I have a good one for you about expansion during the recession. So. That one is coming up. And during um, COVID. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, Paul, please introduce yourself. Let us know um, who you are and, and why you're here. Uh, I'm Paul Edwards. I am the founder and the CEO of Cedar HR Solutions. We provide close-in HR support and compliance help to uh, small to medium to even larger medical practices. We have about 3,000 members, in all, you know, nationwide. That means that we are uh, kind of have our our pulse on about 38,000 positions. That's 38,000 employees. Um, I I like to think of. Uh, when I look out at our membership and, and, and I look out right now, we see you guys as kind of the canary in the coal mine. Um, when there's a recession coming, we see things change. We see people slow down on the number of people they, you know, 
practices change on the number of people that they add or the folks that they're either, uh, you know, offboarding and letting go. So um, I guess we're kind of here to kind of give that HR perspective. We were here founded in 2006. So we did go through the the recession. Um, and um, I know we're going to talk about that a lot going forward. There was some pretty severe impacts back in 2008, 2009. And, uh, you know, can share a little bit of that perspective. Happy to be here. Thank you. And last but not least, Kaylee, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi there. Um, thanks so much for having me today. My name is Kaylee Lindholm and I am the founder and CEO of KLC Consulting. We are a strategic advisory and leadership coaching company for female founders and practice managers in aesthetics and wellness. Um, basically what we do is we help uh, women and men uh, build deeply satisfying, lucrative, freedom-based businesses that stand the test of time. Uh, we focus uh, primarily on uh, practices who are looking to scale. So um, by that, I mean, build and grow their business with more revenue uh, and less headaches and stress. And uh, a lot of uh, providers who are also business owners find themselves in the position of loving their business and sacrificing a lot of their life to do that. So I'm hopeful to provide some um, insights also as a business owner myself, but, um, you know, working very intimately with um, with business owners and leaders in our space and um, um, kind of some of the things that we're seeing and insights that I'm getting. Perfect. Thank you so much. So let's go ahead and kick it off and, and address kind of the elephant in the room. Um, the question really is, and it's still kind of, we did this about six months ago, a, a webinar on recession. And um, the question is still kind of out there. A lot of people are not necessarily um, feeling it. A lot, so, you know, a good portion of people are experiencing layoffs and there is, uh, you know, definitely the feeling of recession. What do you think? Um, Kristen, I'd like to kind of pose this question to you at first and then um, panelists feel feel free to uh, chime in. But what is the current like the real economic outlook right now and how is the medical spa industry kind of experiencing it? Yeah, so whenever you think about the definition of a recession, it's consecutive quarters of a decline in the economy. We are not currently in a recession. But a lot of analysts, economists, they are anticipating a recession to, you know, come actually pretty soon. Um, whenever I'm thinking about what's what's happening in the market and what's going on, you've got inflation that's hit everybody really, really hard. So um, a recession might not be happening right now, but consumers are already thinking differently about how they spend their money and where they're allocating their money. We had some big scares with the banks. So two very big banks in the country um, just closed their doors. There are a couple of other banks that are experiencing significant stock declines. So, you know, I would definitely if you're a practice owner, do your research. What are these banks that are having the significant decline in stocks um, to understand? Are you at risk for losing any great investment? So if you're over that $250,000 FDIC insured amount, you might want to think about diversifying where you're keeping your money just to kind of protect yourself. So that's something that is definitely, you know, on my mind that I'm thinking about. But 
Really right now, it's a lot of inflation, consumer confidence that is around a 65, 67%. Um, stocks are up, but it's there's a lot of volatility out there. So um, yeah, that's what I can say about the landscape right now. It's We're not in it yet, but it, it can definitely happen. And I think there are some, there's certainly some things that we can address and be prepared for. All right. Anybody else like to chime in on that topic? Yeah, let me just um, real quick. I, I'm, I'm curious from from the rest of, of, of the panelists um, and, and even particularly Lauren running a med spot. What are you feeling right now? I mean, because I, I agree with everything that Kristen said. It's 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 an interesting time. Um, and, you know, we're supposed to have this recession. You know, frankly, we've we've been experiencing and seeing a lot of continued growth particularly in this industry and it seems to be plowing ahead but i'm just curious like what what are some of the the um i don't know like some of the warning signs we're seeing because i one thing i will say is that i have noticed for the first time in a long time hearing from some med spa owners that that seem to have a little bit of less of a um they're they're booked out maybe one and a half months as opposed to six months or three months that they're get they're, they're they're getting a little bit less busy but they're still very busy so i'm i'm kind of curious what people are seeing because we, we've been talking about this recession coming for a while and i think it's a very different time um and and so i'm just i'm just wondering what what what, what folks uh what, what folks are are thinking well uh we experienced strong growth until about october of last year and really it, it took a dive so i was i was concerned and then uh, november and december picked up and then this year has been phenomenal we we are 25 percent q1 this year over q1 last year so um you know we one thing is our community and i chose our demographic to put my business in because we are kind of a bubble, but nevertheless, people are still concerned about the economy. So, uh, Alex, when I when I look out at the practices, the conversation that we're getting coming in from the practices is still we can't find good people. We still have open positions. Everybody's still hiring. So we're not really seeing any kind of layoffs or any or hearing any concerns from inside, you know, from from the canary, the, the canaries in the coal mines out there. Um, but I do remember back in 2008, um, it, it, you don't there's not a big event. You don't see a wave come in across the shore. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, that that looks like a recession right there. We were well into it. And then all of a sudden you could feel the impact of everything else that was going on. So I I th I tend to think that we we're not in a recession, but I also can't ignore that some of the biggest firms out there in some of the biggest cities are laying off six and 10 and 12,000 people at a time. And these are really good paying jobs and they are the jobs and the people who come to this industry. Um, and so right now, same problem we've all, we've been having. We can't find good people. We can't hire enough people. I don't know what that's going to look like a year from now. Yeah, Alex, what I would add, um, you know, in terms of, what we're seeing on the consumer, obviously unemployment continues to be very low, uh, perhaps at historical levels low. So people are employed out there 
I think to Paul's comment to complement that, what we see in practices across uh, many of these segments in terms of healthcare is a challenging environment in terms of keeping staff uh, fully staffed. So there is certainly a, a shortage out there of technicians, a shortage of administrative personnel. That that was part of the dynamic during COVID, right? There is a, a large number of healthcare practitioners that left the industry. Period. They were they were uh, they were working hard and they got hit hard during COVID, and therefore some of them decided to leave the industry. And so that still has a a certain effect on the providers that we work with. Uh, in terms of getting that back up and running because they are still um, short staff. And so the staffs are stretched, the burden of the current staff in terms of being able to be booked. And then if I listen to Lauren saying, hey, I, I, I am I am fairly busy, they're still busy, they still have demand for uh, those patients wanting to take care of their wellness. And so therefore, they're going to be able to see that demand and be able to handle it with less amount of folks inside inside their office space and trying to handle all that in the same amount of hours that they used to before. So the, well, the other thing I would mention is pockets, Alex, what you mentioned around, you know, we, we're not filling it on, you know, on, on, on the people that we speak to on our 45,000 members or the majority of our 4,000 members. You have to go a little surgical, I would think, because there are segments in the industry that post-COVID are seeing a downturn, right? And you see some of the layoffs of where there are those are announced, whether it's in technology, for example, right? But in healthcare, we haven't seen it as much, and I think you have not seen it in certain industries as well. So it's good to understand that certain industries are feeling it a lot more, uh, and others are are still kind of in this mode of continuing to have certain demand for their offers that they currently have and consumers continue to have some money in their in their bank accounts uh, from just coming from COVID, coming from, you know, tax season now and certain checks coming out from the IRS in terms of people getting some additional cash and things like that. So I would say, oh, go ahead, please. Oh, sure, Kathy, thanks. Um, I thought maybe just to give a, a more tactile sort of perspective from, you know, what we're seeing in, you know, I surveyed my clients um, coming into this to kind of get their perspective as well. And from the ground, from like street level, there is no recession. It's, you know, sort of consumer perception. And I think that's what they have to deal with is they have to be prepared for patients might come in and say, okay, I may have to tighten the belt. But to Beto's point, and I think a lot of us are talking sort of in post still post pandemic sort of conversation and lingo is that there are sort of macro trends that we saw post pandemic, you know, one of them being this sort of new perception and perspective around personal health and healthcare and wellness, like how I want to take care of my aesthetic and wellness as a human being. And so I think we have to, you know, sort of take that into consideration. Um, a couple of things that came back to me were like, look, we're starting to see some cancellations. That's something that I'm specifically looking out for. Um, you know, if patients are booking and canceling. Um, another one of them being, um, you know, we have a client as an example who has two locations, one of them in the less, say, affluent 
area um, ten, is seeing a little bit of a, a drop off in terms of maybe more of those cancellations and more clientele asking for, you know, more value for the procedure. So, you know, can I get a better deal basically? Um, so I think those are a couple of the things that, um, you know, we're seeing just that could be sort of like byproducts of not necessarily a recession itself, but of, you know, consumers and, and just in general, us thinking about the fact that we could need to tighten our belts at some point. That's sort of the perspective that we've had. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely seems that way. And I've heard, I've actually been in several meetings where the transactions are actually down. So the patient transactions, the amount of treatments they're having are down. It's not significant, but it's creeping a little bit. And it's kind of, it's very similar to what you said, Kaylee, about um, you kind of seeing a little bit, it's starting to get a little bit uncomfortable. And that's kind of the reason why we wanted to have this um, webinar is if we have a lead up truly um, and kind of a runway to this potentially happening, what can a medical spa do to make that um, kind of prepare for longer, duration between Botox appointments and um, interest in different alternatives. I know there's a lot going on with dissolving filler and and things like that. What what is you know, what is kind of what are the tactics that a, a med spa or an aesthetic facility can do kind of knowing this potentially could be around the bend? Well, I think memberships are very important. Uh, we have a beauty bank type membership. And so if they're putting $100 into their little savings account every month, they have a $300 piggy bank when they come in for their Botox every three months. So it's not such a hit financially. And then it's almost like they're getting free Botox and they have some discretionary money to spend on additional things. We are really big on pre-booking. We give an incentive for pre-booking. So um, that when they leave, they're booking their appointment for three months out. Perfect. Yeah, um, I'll touch on, um, sorry, Kathy, but I'll touch on a little bit what of what Lauren was saying. So I, I get the opportunity to look at the financials of, I've already seen hundreds of P&Ls so far of medical practices across the country this year. Um, including our own clients and then including clients or potential clients that want us to do a financial assessment. And I'm not seeing any decline across all of our clients. Our clients are up, I'd say 80% are up double digits versus last year. So much like you, Lauren. And um, I have seen some seasonality differences and some trends um, October was rough and then the holidays hit and it picked back up and then January was a little rough and then there's some cyclicality where we'll see we're seeing March is really strong again not as strong maybe as 2022 March something just happened last year whenever they um, lifted the regulations but um, consumers are doing a little bit of different things but to Lauren's point there are so many things that you can do to keep your patients to provide opportunity for them to spend. I would I would not recommend um, spacing out your toxin appointments. I, I don't think that we should go there at all. How do we give the patients more opportunity, maybe expand their wallet? I think um, Beto can talk a lot about this. If they don't have cash, maybe we can get them some care credit. We can get some patient financing 
to stretch their dollar some more, that's really helpful. And the membership programs are really key. My clients that have membership programs, recurring revenue, you are creating loyalty with these patients. And it doesn't feel like such a big out-of-pocket expense if it's just a little bit every single month and you're able to allocate that into a bank and use it and get everything that you're, you know, you're wanting and you're looking for within the appointment. Yeah, I think, you know, thanks, Christine. Uh, I think when we speak to our to our consumers and to our patients that are visiting us, uh, it's becoming a lot more um, open and transparent to talk about cost and and to have the conversation around money. And I would say in general, as you're faced with, you know, the treatments that they want and looking at a situation where you don't know the uncertainty of the market and the new budgets that they may have to be in. And, and Kathy, to your question uh, around how to do all this, I think being able to bring offers and options to those patients that are coming in, seeking the care that they need when they need it, they don't assume that they all have a credit card, don't assume that they may all have cash. Some of them may save money, like uh, Lauren, you were mentioning a hundred bucks every month and then they have the money to be able to pay for their service. Some of them may be in a different situation where they may have to make choices, but they still want to get the care that they need when they need it. And so patient financing is one option. It's not the only option, but just giving more options to those um, consumers and patients that are coming through your doors in your facilities and giving them options to make a choice. And, and that's one that we want to be transparent around it. Uh, we offer obviously one of the choices there in terms of using the care credit card and, and giving flexibility of payment over longer periods of time to be able to pay for some of the services that are performed and things like that. So again, that transparency is becoming a lot more common. We call it the consumerism in healthcare. And so consumers are a lot savvier. They're going in and before they would search, you know, the the big screen TV on Best Buy and they will go online and do all that, or they go and check out the shoes or the clothing or the purses that they want to buy. Now they're looking and saying, what kind of things I want to take care of my own body and my own wellness and my own health. And they're researching that a lot more in advance and they're coming to you all and to you, to our offices and to our providers a lot savvier. And they kind of know, hey, this is going to cost $1,000 or $1,200. How am I going to pay for this? And they already have that in their background coming in as consumers. So that's something that I would offer to, to all the practices to be confident and transparent to offer choices. Paul and Alex, you both have your hands raised. Who would like to go first? Um, Alex, I'm just going to jump in. Uh, right. Okay, so you guys are... For everybody who's listening, you're you're starting to hear these different strategies that you might take, different ideas that you might implement. So, from an HR point of view, um, I can tell you that the best-run businesses with the well-engaged employees who are well taken care of, they will help you get through whatever bumps that you hit. When you've got great employees and they understand the strategy and they're a part of it and they're kind of bought into this overall idea of what you're doing they can really help you and help solve problems as you go forward. What is murder is to find that wave is washed across you and you're a year into it, you realize you're in trouble, and then you go to your team and say, what can we do to get ourselves out of this? 
So it's when times are okay and when, when you're doing well, that's when you bring that team in. And I know we're going to talk about data and KPIs and all sorts of things. You, you, if, if you can, if you have the capacity, and I don't care if you have one employee or if you have 40 employees, if you can get your team involved in this and, and they're kind of playing a game with you and they understand what it is that you're trying to accomplish, um, you will fail, you will fare much better if we really do get hard a couple of years from now. That'd be my, my contribution. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I, I, what I was going to say is, is we, we kind of had a, you know, with COVID, we've had a, a, a bit of a test run of something that happened very, very quickly. And, and, and as what we were able to see was there's those folks who are prepared and are paying attention and, and aren't really just kind of flying by the seat of their pants. And what I mean by that is, you know, we've always heard that, that a certain amount of cash in the bank to cover expenses for X number of months, whether it's three, five is important. And we saw that in real time happening with COVID. The folks that didn't make it failed very, very quickly because they just didn't have enough money to keep their, 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 their spas open. In this case, you really got to keep your eye on the metrics on the KPIs. I think that's something we should absolutely get into because um, you might not see it right at first. It, it, it might be things that are happening that you kind of are, are noticing, but the only way you're going to do that is if you're paying attention and tracking. So number of patients, the number of patients that are rebooking, um, number of repeat patients pay, per patient spend, things like that are, are, are going to start to happen. And, and, You've got to be ready for that. The other thing I would add is um, we've, well, I think we're at a very interesting point in a, a recession. Again, I don't think that we're in one. I think the the folks that I'm talking to are, are still killing it. But a recession might look very different to our industry than it does to other industries because the, the like we might see, oh, we're only growing 10% which for where we've been is a slowdown, right? The, 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 the amount of growth that we've seen has been kind of astronomical. So even if we slow to 10% or 12%, that's still a slowdown. And so you just have to make sure that we're, we're, you're, you're paying attention, you're tracking cash is king, make sure you've got cash in the bank. The other thing is, and again, I want to see all the time, but banks, are are not willing to lend when times are tough or when your business is in trouble. So if you're doing well, now's the time to get that line of credit to get whatever that is so you're prepared down the road. Absolutely. Um, thank you, Alex. Um, I will get, jump into KPIs here in a minute. I'm going to take a pause and we'll um, talk a little bit about um, some of the questions that we have. Um, Lauren, you actually mentioned that you have recently expanded. We have a question. Um, excited to see thoughts on whether expanding in today's market makes sense or not. I have an opportunity to grow, but it's a 10-year lease, and I do have the option to sublease. Would you recommend going that route, especially kind of considering? And I mean, kind of to tack on to what Alex was saying, it could be a different-looking recession. I think there's a, a lot of, a, a lot of um, potential for that, especially with the regional layoffs that are happening and the regional bank failings and things like that. I, I, I'm kind of kicking myself right now. I wish I had a San Francisco representative on the panel to tell us how they're doing. Um, but just something to think about. Lauren, I'd love to hear your um, your feedback on the on the um, expansion during this this time. Okay. Well, and I think it depends on your community. 
Um, I was at a point where I was nearing the end of my lease and my rent had was just astronomical. And we had also reached a point where we could not grow anymore. So I was wanting to scale. And the only way that I could do that was to either open another location or um, decide to, to do an expansion. And so I was fortunate to find a space just three miles away. I think it was important to to stay within the area where our client base is. And uh, uh, with my, what, 2,700 square feet more, my rent is actually a little bit less than what it was. And so I think it's an individualized decision. You need to know what your cash flow is. You need to know um, what your debt service is and um, kind of weigh the risk versus the benefits. Um, you know, I've been through, I've lived long enough to been to have gone through several cycles of recession and and you know it's it's a roller coaster and we just we know that we're gonna come out of it. So I think it also depends on your personal financial situation. Thanks for joining us this week with the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This is part one of a two-part series. In this webinar, moderator Kathy Christensen of AmSpa was joined by Beto Casales of Synchrony, Paul Edwards of Cedar HR Solutions, Kaylee Lindholm of KLC Consulting, Lauren Olson, PAC of Radiance Medical Aesthetics and Wellness, Alex Tiersch of AmSpa, and Christian Trujillo of Maven Financial Partners. If you're new with us, click on the subscribe button, then receive new content when it happens. Leave a rating and a review. See you on our next episode.